everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is my co-host, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicon. We were listening to episode 83 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was the Netflix movie you've thought about watching the most but haven't. So, Frank, uh, what did you end up watching on Netflix uh, that you've been considering watching for a long time? So I feel like I cheated with this a little bit because I had been thinking about watching it but not on Netflix. It just happened to come up on Netflix. And I was like, well, shit. Oh, you get thrilled. That's, that's my fault. I was yawning before we got on. Um, so we're gonna talk about the 2023 um religious supernatural horror film, The Pope's Exorcist. Um, I had originally never wanted to watch this movie because I think The Pope's Exorcist is one of the stupidest titles ever. Like, even though you find out through the course of the enthralling narrative that um this is like the pope's personal exorcist like he works for the pope right because he works for the bishop of rome and that is the pope yes but the pope's exorcist right but it's just like such a it's like almost like a comedy title yes like it seems like leslie nielsen is going to be the pope's exorcist right you hear that title like it's like the wrong missy or something yeah like like adam sandler is the pope's exorcist (laughs) um I'd watch that movie. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, it would have been. I, yeah, it would have been funnier. Um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if it could have been funnier because this movie's pretty funny for all the wrong reasons. Um, so based on the supposedly true stories of Gabriel Amorth, who, um, just recently died, like maybe 2016, I think. Um, but had this role was like an exorcist for the Vatican. Um, Russell Crowe, um, is this burly, earthy, bearded, like, father of the people kind of priest, um, who rides a scooter and likes to drink espresso and, you know, he's just, he's just, not, uh, like, not, like with, a, not with sugar in it. But... Yeah, no, no sugar because sugar's of the devil. Just a cool guy, you know? Um, so... Yes. Father Amorth in the opening gets brought to um called to this town um to help with an exorcism. Uh the local priest can't handle the situation. Father Amorth goes in. Um as he's walking in, he has a conversation with the family, and you get this impression that he's sort of like picking up on some things, you know, that maybe the other layman don't get because he's super in tune. Um, with both the you know the secular and the spiritual, um. So Amorth uh goes in and you know tr- traditional like the demons on the bed like writhing around and cursing at him in English, which is you know kind of a a funny like change from the traditional because usually it's like they're cursing at the the English exorcist in Latin and this one's cursing at the Italian exorcist and you know kind of broken English mm-hmm. so Amorth like you can tell that he's sort of like whatever like not really believing it because he's kind of making fun of the guy and ends up bringing a pig in and he's like oh demon you can't possess this pig and demon's like I bet I can and he's like nah you can't possess this pig that's crazy and then the demon's like Whoa! and then they shoot the pig in the head um 
and so like no one's impressed with father Amorth's um radical like exorcism agendas right um so he gets summoned to rome and in rome um this like screechy uh i don't know i guess he's like the antagonist of the first part of the movie this like Screechy priest is like, Father Amorth, what are you doing? When the exorcism's outdated. Right. And Father Amorth is like, you have to do a C, uh, me uh, doing the exorcisms. <laughs> I have uh, to do a psychology. <laughs> um, And so, you know. Uh, uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, this guy, I mean, it's, it's more subdued than that, because I can't do like a subdued, <laughs> ridiculous Italian accent. Right. But he's like he's very much like channeling like Marlon Brando, a la like Godfather, but mm. with um, you know, a beard. Right. The psychology is it's yes. a beautiful thing. You, yeah, have yeah. To, you have to appreciate it. You're, what, what you're, inside you're, going, you're, go, you're going French, but yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I I'm told you I can't do it, but I can kind of <laughs> do it. In any event, um. So he walks out on them because he doesn't want to hear anything these people have to say. And they're basically like, you can't be an exorcist anymore. There's no need for exorcists. And he's like, fuck you. I got to do what I want because I am the Pope's exorcist. Um, it's just going to go back and forth the whole podcast. I'm just going to let you know because I'm never going to nail it down. Um, so then he gets like. He's going to like maybe quit being an exorcist or something, but then he gets summoned to this place um, in Spain where this American family. So here comes one of my fa- my least favorite like tropes in exorcism movies. And you asked me briefly at one point and in the recent past what I don't like about like these kind of religious horror movies, like mm-hmm. exorcism movies in particular. And it's because this shit's all the fucking same. So. Here's a newly widowed mother who's taken her two children and moved like across the globe, like far away from the homes that they Mm -hmm. knew and their friends. And yes, oh my God, like they're moving into this like old mansion and the daughter, she's acting all sexy with the construction workers. And well, she's rebellious, man. it's, It's 1987 because of course it is. And the son's listening to like, the fucking jam and you know she she sells sanctuary i guess that's the church was, or whatever yeah like. well uh, the the son the weird looking son by the way preteen son yeah like kind of well, weird looking kid because it's always got to be a weird kid right um, yeah we get to that part too yeah but he's listening to when they first go to the house um uh violent femmes um gone daddy gone well, he he's listening. He he listens. No, it's fine. He he's listening to the original. Okay. He listens to see. She sells sanctuary. That's the opening song as they're driving through right the countryside. Then it's gone, daddy gone, and then fuck. There's another. He's got Depeche Mode at one point. There's something in between Violent Femmes and Depeche Mode. I can't remember what it is. Right. I remember thinking like I don't believe that this is actually what this is like fucking 10 year old kid would be listening to even if it was 1987 well agree because gone daddy gone is only there i think because his dad is his gone. dad is gone right and that's yes. when they're revealing it right it's very yes. clever um poignant one would one would say that's that's one way you could say it anyway so of course there's a spirit and the girl's like sultriness is like provoking the spirit but then it's the kid 
who finds this hidden room downstairs and that's what like you know kind of like lets the spirit out and it gets into him and they summon like the so then he's possessed and he's in bed and he's like bring me that priest and let me say this like this fucking kid it was like somebody was watching the mandalorian and saw baby yoda and was like oh my god that thing is terrifying instead of the other reaction uh-huh. And they just made this kid Baby Yoda. Like, he's got, like, this, like, obviously, like, painted on, like, greenish skin with these really, like, sculpted, like, baggy eyes. And yeah. there's just, it's... I hate the makeup in this movie it's, for It's all so of it. fucking lame. And then... Yeah. I the will voice... say, the, I will say, the I like the kid, though. I mean, like, whatever. It's, it's, I, I guess... I'm I, not gonna I, shit on him for... I'm never a fan of those performances, but I guess it's fine. It's just, like... So so they bring the local priest in who's this like neophyte who with the, with a past because everybody's got a past because that's the whole point of the movie yes. is we all have a past. <laughs> um, so they bring this neophyte priest in and the demon like throws him across the room with his like mystical Satan powers. And it's like, I mean, the other priest. So then, of course, they go and get Father Amorth who gets summoned and he comes into town. And he starts, like, digging around and finds this crazy, like, conspiracy that's involved with this place. And so, last week we did the the Tubi Originals. Mm -hmm. And part of the Tubi Originals was part of my, not not criticism, but just, like, commentary on the Tubi Originals. Was it was, like, a group of people were sitting in a room and talking about every trope that could be possibly associated with the type of movie they're making you know so the science fiction like anthropomorphic animal movie has all these like crazy tropes that are related to sci-fi and then Mm -hmm. the horror movie set in the woods like grabs like from all these like witches and everything else like all these different things anyway so the pope's exorcist suffers from the same fucking malaise which is what are things that have happened in an exorcism movie? Well, let's just have them all happen here. Yes. So, again, you've got the girl, like, lashing out at the single mom who's kind of, like, broken because her husband died. And then the boy who's aloof and detached because no one really pays attention to him because the mother's focused on the slutty girl. So he's the one that ends up drawing the demon in. And then the priest who's out there and, like, unorthodox, but he gets things done. And then there's the priest that almost, like, failed his vows at one point because he was in love with the woman. So that's that's the, that's the backstory of fucking... Um, that's uh, the past. Yeah, yeah like, like, handsome single priest is that he was in love with this woman and he almost gave up the church to, um, to be with her and... He didn't give up the church to be with her, but he thought about it a lot. And now, like, you know, she's like haunting his mind. And that's what the demon calls upon to kind of like, um, like try and break him down. And then Amorth, when he was like, I don't know, like early in his exorcism gig, he met this girl and he could tell that she just needed psychological help. And he just kind of blew her off. And then she killed herself because she was secretly being like raped by the priest in the town that she lived in and whatever. And so and he didn't do anything about it. And she right. He just, he, he let her go and she killed herself. 
with his, with his fucking moped in the background. Did you notice well, that? Like when she like when it flashes back and it shows her jumping off, like yelling to him, she's gonna jump his little fucking scooters in the background. Because he was getting ready to leave town on the scooter, man. He was getting ready to get out of there. Right. He was trying to fucking scooters, hilarious. Yeah, the scooter's a good move. <laughs> but I mean, they do drive a lot of Vespas in Italy, so it's, yeah, it's kind of. I understand. I get um, it. this but this badass burly priest driving the scooter is um, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Um, so anyway, so they bring him in. This is like the big exorcism scene. And, um, it turns out that there's like in the basement of the local church, it was like where the first, where the inquisition started. And, um, so it's like this place where this demon who turns out to be Asmodeus because there's no fucking originality. And of course it's Asmodeus. Um, like possess this first first pre-exorcist the first exorcist i don't know whatever it was a super convoluted story yeah it really is just an excuse it's really an excuse just to show um the girl that the priest wanted to fuck in his previous like iteration of a priest show her naked a few times so you can get that's right it doesn't matter. The whole thing is just basically the trope of the Indian graveyard, but it's Spanish but sure. Spanish Inquisition right. graveyard. Spanish Inquisition. Like, right. Nobody and nobody expects it. It's just underneath the church, right? <laughs> um <laughs> anyway, so good triumphs over evil, blah blah blah. They beat the demon. Um that's the movie. And then and then they and they hint that you might get a hundred. Oh right, so ninety nine. So the the subplot of this movie is that Father Sullivan, the bishop who from America, the screechy bishop, Father Emmerich. Um, yeah, Sullivan. He doesn't he doesn't believe in evil, because he just thinks that everything's in man's mind and that basically religion is just philosophical. Um, but you know, obviously, like evil's all over the place. So it's possessed, um, Frank. So th- this is one of the more interesting parts of the movie. We didn't talk about this the other night, but um, the Pope is played by Franco Nero, who is like maybe the most important like Italian B movie actor of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the original Django. He's he's in a bunch of like Italian like low budget like horror westerns. He does everything. Um, so pretty awesome that they cast him as the Pope. Um. That was actually the part of the movie that I really like kind of like enjoyed the most. But he's been like laid low by demonic influence who's like sickened him. Mm-hmm. And so when a morph beats Asmodeus, it breaks the spell. And he sits up bed and is like, I'm Orth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't talk like that, but he says he like screech like screams it out. There's a lot of right. fucking screaming. Um so he summons Amorth back to Rome and he's like, Hey. Um, you know, you did a good job, but evil's all over the place, and there's 199 sites where good is forbidden to dwell. And um, Russell Crowe's like, "Hey, uh, this is a pretty good gig, little priest. What do you think?" <laughs> and then um, it's implied that they're gonna go like rid the world of these 199 right um demon possessed places. Yeah. So you know that uh, the real Amorth like at one point claimed to have done like 80,000 exorcisms or something like that. No, I did not look at that. Okay. And like it's, it started with like originally the claim in like the mid, cause he wrote a bunch of books too. So this is actually based on a book called like 
Tales of an Exorcist or something along those lines. Something really like banal, like the title. Right. Um, but he wrote a number of books and he would get interviewed as he got older. And it would be like he did 12,000 exorcisms, then like 15,000, then 20,000, then 30,000. Mm-hmm. And I believe the final claim total was 80,000 exorcisms. Yeah. Uh, 2000, 2013, 160,000 exorcisms. Oh, sorry. Well, because his, his logic is that you can't, like, every exorcism is like a thousand little exorcisms. <laughs> so you're just doing exorcisms all over the place. So uh, that's that's why you can, like, add them all together and you can just keep counting them. That's like how this thing man determines attendance. It's right. It's true. It's true. I mean, somebody thought about being possessed over here. So really, didn't I just exercise them <laughs> right. in advance? Like I kind of like exercise pre-exercised them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like every, so, everybody, everybody was in the residence at the time also gets counted as part of the exorcism. So right because they you, didn't get possessed. You get an extra like three people, like right there, five people. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I could have gone into this movie much harder. I didn't really feel like it. Um, once we started talking about it, but. Completely ridiculous movie. Um, it was fun and how it, bad. It made was. me laugh a bunch, and I thought it was like. I think this is what Russell Crowe should just do: is movies like this, in the way that Liam Neeson has kind of just embraced this idea that he's like a super dad. Mm-hmm. Russell Crowe just needs to be like super holy man like just this earthy like husky you know defender of good that drinks like little sips of espresso and no you know yeah no sugar because sugar is the devil um so anyway so the sugar thing just bothers me because it's like you just change change it to something different if he's going to have this little thing, like, you know, it's like, I'm not trying to shame the guy. Like, that dude's face is so fucking puffy. Like, that dude's, like, full of sugar, like, all the time. It's like, true. Constantly full of sugar, that puffy face. No. Like, not realistic. Maybe he doesn't understand that bread has sugar in it, and he's just constantly shoving baguettes <laughs> down his throat. Maybe. I don't know why the demonic possession movie, the unrealistic thing to me that bothers me is is, is the sugar line, but um, it does. Yeah. Um, Funny, though. I made me laugh. Yeah, so nothing, like, interesting. I, it's not a terrible movie, but it's not a good movie, and I'm so glad I didn't spend... Twelve ninety nine, then six ninety nine, then one ninety nine. That I just waited it out, and then it right. actually popped up on Netflix, and sure, that was the way to watch it for free. So, it's like one of the top ten movies in the country over the past week. So, if you ever have, yeah, it's that, and uh, and like, did you see like also like that old show Suits? Yeah, years ago is like, like five years later is now trending. Is like the most like watched show like of the year or some shit. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. Um, so watched a different movie, uh, after this, 
Um, I actually, I don't know if I can really count the other one because I didn't really finish it. Um, I don't even really want to talk about it. So I watched a movie called The Stranger. Okay. Um, hold on, I, gotta, I forgot to look up what year that was from. It was a movie I didn't expect to necessarily. Oh, it's 2022. Um, this is not a movie that I have wanted to watch. It was just one that I um happened to see as I was like flipping through, and it seemed kind of interesting. So it's um, it has Sean Harris in it, and you and you popped, and you wanted to watch a movie with Sean Harris. You like Sean? I don't Harris even know who Sean Harris is. You absolutely like Sean. I do not. He played. I know, I know Joel Edgerton. You do. Um, he what played. Is, what, I don't know. He played Henry Peter something in, in this movie. Like Henry Henry Teague. Yeah, I I, I know who the actor is. Yeah. I don't know what else I've seen him in. Oh, uh, all kinds of shit. I'll look him up. I'll tell you. Oh, what, well, he's in the like Green Knight. Yeah, he's good in the Green Knight. I was in that possum movie. That possum movie is pretty decent. Anyway, so, um, true crime movie, uh, takes place in New Zealand, I believe. Um, also in like the 80s ish era. Um, or maybe early 2000s. I can't remember like what the, the setting is. Um, it's a kind of a it's it's really a slow burn and my recommendation would be that if you're going to watch it don't read anything about it first because it's actually somewhat horror like it's very mundane horror but it's somewhat horrifying the way they kind of reveal um what's happening mm-hmm. in this movie and like mm-hmm. the truth about the people that you're watching um but the premise is that this these this guy, the um, Edgerton guy, meets the Harris guy. The Harris guy, who's kind of a recent parolee from jail, and the Edgerton guy is sort of getting the Harris guy involved in, like, the local underground scene in terms of like, like the criminal element. Um, okay. No violent crimes, but like intimidation and like fraud and um, delivering delivering drugs and whatnot. Um, the performances are really like really fucking fantastic. Like both Harris and Edgerton are amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the direction is surprisingly um, experimental and it has a very, and we say this a lot, but I mean, it's true. It's a very Lynchian element to it in the sense okay. that like, it's sh- like, so so how to say it edgerton has some things inside him that um give him like a lot of like pause in certain situations and it causes him to dream um and one of the things is his fear of like bad things befalling his son um he has a young young son um estranged from his wife and the son he has visitations with and He's super afraid that like something bad will befall his kid. 
Mm. Um, so he has a lot of dreams around that. Um, and it's very reminiscent of like Lost Highway and Inland Empire in that sense. Okay. In the way that it kind of blends like the dream element with the with the realness of the world. Um, and sometimes like definitely like obviously a dream and then you think it's real and it's fucked up and then it we realize that that's actually not true and that the whole thing is a dream so okay. um, so yeah so again i think that it's i i hate talking around movies but i really think that you gotta like i really think you gotta like go into this and like just watch it um I guess I did finish the other movie. We can talk about the other movie, too. So the other movie I watched, and this is one that I actually have been putting off for a couple of months now, is a Spanish-language horror movie called Phenomena. Um, And the premise is that there's these three women who have, for various reasons over the course of, like, a couple decades, worked with this priest to investigate um, spiritual and supernatural phenomena um, in and around Spain. Um, And they're, like, kind of famous about it. Um like they've been on TV and they were interviewed and they're famous for kind of um, debunking like some supernatural things and maybe sort of like proving some supernatural things. Um, But they get called in to investigate this haunting in this house where um, this man was murdered previously. Um, And the idea is that this new couple has bought the house and um, they're like kind of plagued with, uh, um, plagued by like visitations and phenomena, whatever. Um, so they go and they sort of debunk like what's happened there. Um, as all being caused by this woman that lives in the house that's, um, sort of like trying to drive the other people out. Um, and that's actually really cool. And like, so you kind of get this almost like false finish. It's actually one of the best like false finishes, I think. I've seen it in a movie because I was engaged enough with it where I didn't really want to like, I didn't check the time, which is kind of rare um, for me to do. Like even in movies I like, I usually like, will like tap, you know, the controller, my remote control a little bit just to see um, like how much time I have left. But this one I was, I, I thought I was at the end and I thought it was actually a really interesting um, sort of like fake me out, like supernatural thing, okay. but then it twists and it actually is a supernatural element. And that hmm. part, um is also really cool and it's, it's almost like two separate movies like a full film and then like a short film with the same characters um because it like um, the tone shifts a lot and there's it's actually a really effective um demonic possession movie so it's kind of a good compliment to the pope's exorcist um mm. again not want to like spoil a whole lot because i think that going in like blind um and kind of like seeing what the plot twists are i think is a pretty interesting um or like the the way to really like honor like how interesting this movie is um but yeah so i thought i didn't finish it but now now i think about i watched the whole thing straight through it was pretty good okay i just couldn't remember it because i'm old and (laughs) seen so the pope's exorcist is the chagrin of the week um yeah I'd call it a six. Uh, I don't think it's like painful levels of bad, but there's nothing really good about it either. So, right. And it's not like mediocre. It's just bad, bad. So, yeah. And I hope that they don't make any sequels. I don't even know how much money it made. So 
what are good possession movies off the top of your head? Because I know that you're not a fan. I, I'm not. I mean, I watch all of them because I'm looking for good ones because I feel like it's a genre that could be done better and it never really gets done better most of the time. But um, what are the good ones that like stick out to you? I mean, there's the obvious ones. You know, there's The Exorcist. There's Exorcist 3. Right. Um... Beyond the Door and Beyond the Door 3 are both really good. Um, Beyond the Door 3 actually directed by the guy that directed Ice, um, which mm-hmm. we did a, a mm-hmm. watch along of, uh, mm-hmm. what, last year, I guess, or early this year? January of this year. Yeah, yeah who, who knows when things happen. Um, God, it's already August. That's fucked up. Um, yeah, that was... Uh... Uh, Jeff Quitney, uh, yeah, you emailed him. Oh, yeah, we became like friends for like two days, right? I told him how great his movie was, and then I never responded to his other email. Um, (laughs) which was a shame because I thought he was a very friendly and like interesting man, and his website was actually pretty interesting too. Just I don't know. Um, Some of the Fulci exorcism stuff I think is good. Um, the Beyond, for instance. Um, there's like the possession of Joel Delaney, which is fine. Um, I'm trying to think. Like you like the taking in Deborah Logan, right? Yeah, I think that's a good movie. Yeah. Um, I think there's good, really good elements. I, to it. I think some of the found number one. I think it's maybe a little bit too long because that movie like drags yeah, yeah. for a little bit and it does. I think the part of that is because of some of the found footage elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that makes it like a bad movie. I just think it could have done with a little bit of editing. Um, there's a couple. Hmm. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the paranormal activity movies. Um, there's shit like the exorcism of Emily Rose. I think it's terrible. Right. Um, I thought the last exorcism was pretty good. Um, just for again, the sort of like uh like swerve to it. Um where you like you think it might not be real, like the guy, whatever is Yeah, that's like that's a, that's one of the better ones. Um charlatan that's what i'm looking for and then it turns out that the shit's real yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and that helps with that uh with patrick fabian um who is in better call saul is like the like as well as that greasy attorney that like runs where uh his brother works and stuff like playing the um charlatan like character those are just off the top of my head i can't really yeah. think of I mean, there's things. It's it's it is a little hard just because. I mean, are you just talking? Because so many so many people think of like, I think, Catholicism probably like when they're talking about like demonic possession. Um, and then it's like, does the movie focus on demonic possession or not? Uh, like I think the the right is awful. I don't know if you've seen that the Anthony Hopkins movie. No. Um, that was a really bad movie, but th- there's elements of things like Sinister has like is a good movie and has like elements of possession in it. But yeah, it's not. But I don't know. I don't know if I consider it a possession movie. 
you know um like prince of darkness has possession elements and i think that's a pretty good movie sure um, right. i think it's got some i think it's got some uh some flaws to it like it's not the greatest movie right. but um i think it's also whatever there's a couple of those dybbuk movies um shit there's that one where you know what i'm talking about the the dybbuk box movies I understand. They, yeah there was like I, a glut of them in like the early yeah there's one that like i watched twice because i thought i hadn't watched it and i just ended up watching it again i can't remember feels like tom jane's in it maybe yeah that's it you're right yeah or something um, some something guy that's like, like some guy that's to tom like tom jane, jane. yeah <laughs> right i just want my kids back um <clears throat> yeah uh, i'm trying to think the the wailing has possession elements in it right and you'd like that movie yeah i do like that movie yeah i mean obviously there's the spin Chagrin classic 30 nights of paranormal activity with the devil inside the girl with the dragon tattoo <laughs> Um, right. which has heavy, heavy, um, elements of, uh, possession and exorcism. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but there's a movie called possession, um, yeah. from the Excellent. early eighties with, uh, fuck, what is her name? Maria Bello, maybe? No, that's not it. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. I have to look it up. Um, that's really good. Okay. I don't know if you've ever watched that movie, but it's um I have not, no. It's um, actually it's actually not even like a hundred percent ever clear whether or not she's possessed. Mm -hmm. Um anyway, I don't want to spoil it. You should watch it. Yeah. Uh, uh Ouija though. Oh yeah, that movie was really good. The Flanagan prequel or whatever yeah, the we um, Ouija origins or whatever it's called yeah yeah origin of evil yeah like that there's some good stuff in that um as well so let me why and then like the conjuring has some possession elements those movies and then you know um fucking insidious shit um why is it that like it's so it's isabella johnny and sam neil that's who's in possession Mm, okay all right um is that a free somewhere like on two of uh, it's like free for free everywhere okay uh why is it so hard to make a good possession movie do you think i think it's way too easy to slip into the tropes that are just like in the genre um Like okay, so I'll, I'm gonna answer your question by asking a question. Okay. What do you do to make a possession movie feel like unique or new? You know what I mean. I I think. See, here's one of the things is I think, and I think it starts with The Exorcist. One of the things I don't quite understand so much is why there's not more slow burn possession movies um in the sense of like it feels like there's like the possession takes hold and it ramps up way too quickly where if you look into the i'm assuming like largely like fakeness of like you know these fucking reality shows and stuff like that 
like about like possession or whatever ghosts or demonic or whatever like it's always much slower it's like influence at first you know like and it's like i don't understand why like you know it's the idea of getting jumped by a spirit or something like that i don't understand why it's not more of a slow burn um than it is like kind of like suddenly it's like she's acting weird and then it's like now her like face is a demon's face or this kid right like in the pope's exorcist like think how quickly that just fucking happens and it's like he's possessed and like the demon's making no bones about like possessing this kid um it doesn't feel it just happens it's just like they they get jumped and then it's like they're fucking demonic um and i i feel like you could start doing things like you know slower maybe um and you Man. it adds a level of creepiness to it as and you mm-hmm. could do and you could develop creep like creepy scenes in a slow burn way before full like possession takes place um and then it's just like the creativeness of the writers at that point to tell interesting stories but at some point you inevitably end up with like how do you get rid of the possession right Right. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is that every exorcism is basically the same thing. Right. Like, it's... Different cultures, maybe? I don't know. I feel like... I feel like it still is the same thing, to be honest with you. Like, I don't really see much... So, you bring up the whaling. There's also Neroi, and there's another um, Asian one that I watched not too long ago. And then there's several Thai movies that deal with possession, um, because mm-hmm. that's like a big thing there, and one that we just talked about on the right. screen with the medium. Sure. Um, the Chinese ones. Uh, I've seen a Russian one, a Polish one. Anyway, it all ends up being the same exact thing. You know, yeah. there's not like yeah. a whole lot of like difference in. Because ultimately, it's using the power of your deity to drive out right. the thing that's opposed to your deity, you know, in your your spiritual like lexicon or whatever. So, pseudo scientific like pursuits like on film as opposed uh, yeah, to like that, you know um that like... that that's in something too though. Yeah, fuck, I can't remember what that movie is. There is one where it is it like does feel like I've seen that. Yeah. People taking a scientific approach to the possession, to the devil, but oh man, what is that movie called? It's it's with the little kid. Um, <laughs> no, no, right, I know, right? In the movie with that guy, <laughs> they go the these parents like are in this like expensive hospital for whatever. Oh yeah, what is that? And movie? it's the kid is possessed. Yeah. But they think the kid is just sick, but he's really got like, and then he like, right, breaks out with the girl, and they end up like killing everybody. Right. It actually was remember. was pretty decent overall. I just can't remember what it was called, like right. Ethan or something like that. It's like some kid's name. I'm pretty sure is the title of it. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, and even that's not 100 percent like a possession movie because it, it's just sure. like it's a kid just evil with like powers or whatever. Um. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. I wish I could. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know what you do. It feels like there should be There you something. go. Here's here's yeah. two thousand seventeen's the crucifixion. Okay. Let me read you this fucking Right. Inspired by true events, this horror tale from the producer of Annabelle and writers of The Conjuring follows right. a journalist's terrifying supernatural investigation into a nun's shocking death during an exorcism. Right. Like, come on, get out of my face. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's the that's the way to make it slow burn, right? Is like is like the investigation from the journalist standpoint. Like that's the that's the attempt. Um, yeah, there's I, um, I, I, there's a movie that you and I I think are both like lower on than most horror aficionados, but um, the Hell House LLC, the first movie, right, um, deals with possession in like a moderately inter- interesting way, just in sure. regards of like the found footage aspect of it. Yes, agreed. Um. Agreed. Not a great movie or anything, but whatever. It's yeah, fine. Some some effective scenes at times and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you ever watch Pie Wacket? Yeah. Did I ever have t- you watch that? We talked about it on the podcast on the primary. Yeah, for a Fresh Five or something like that. Or some, or some October list, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's another one that, I mean, it's not like 100% like a possession movie, but it's about like the summoning of a demon. Um. And that movie was was fairly like interesting, I guess. It had some interesting elements to it, anyway. Yeah, um, that's yeah. I just saw that recently somewhere, like beyond Tubi. Um, Pie Wacket. Yeah, it's on Prime. Okay. Um. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, I don't know. I just wish they could do something. If anybody out there like knows of like you know, or has ideas of like good i've seen a lot of them like at least american ones and i don't know i just can't find anything that like really i mean there are some that like try to they're so bad i can't remember what their names are like ones that like become action movies almost with like these like fantastic like fucking battles like inside of churches and shit and like the whole world's been are gonna be it's gonna be i mean that's that's part of fucking the joke of the pope's exorcist is like like none of that shit happened, you know. It it's actually a little bit interesting in the beginning because the idea of him being about um the psychological approach to exorcism, like mm-hmm. that he is he recognizes that the majority of what he encounters is just people with like severe mental illnesses that have been misdiagnosed or ignored, you know, by like their religious. Mm-hmm families and he's like trying to drive them out but then it like just it, it you're right it turns into a fucking like ridiculous like horror action film with a bunch of nudity and like exploding fucking p- ponds or whatever i don't even fucking know right. what the hell's happening there right yeah i don't know um someday i think there'll be another good one but um this new exorcism movie is not a you know what it is? It it really has to be it really has to be along the lines of like Exorcist 3 where it's not just like one person possessed and that's right. like the thing. It's the idea that the evil is like seeping out to other things and causing yeah. awful shit to happen and then nobody even knows that the person is like possessed until like that's how you like 
ramp into the final act is um the idea that like they finally find out that this person is the one that's like causing all these terrible things and that's when they have to fight the possession but at that point like it's too late because of like all the bad stuff they've done and i don't know yeah or like why did the person get possessed in the first place you know like usually it's just like some poor like lonely kid but what if it's like somebody that like drew the possession into themselves oh here's another one possessed 2000 inspired by the true account of the first documented exorcism performed in america detailed in the book of the same name possessed it tells a story that was suppressed of the possessed for nearly half a century. Oh, I see what they did. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, then it just becomes like this, like, movie just about a heel at that point, right? But it's like, I mean, if you, like, are calling the possession into you, I don't know if I, I mean, I've probably seen it in some way, but... I can't think of anything off the top of my head where somebody's like summoned something to be possessed, like on purpose. But then it feels like it's almost like half a fucking action movie if you're going to do that, which I mean might be all right. But I mean, um, yeah, it's always like I wouldn't. You know, so like a, I wouldn't. I would not mind that if it was like a national treasure type thing, like somebody is fucking about with like dark forces. And ends up getting something like trapped inside them. And then that thing drives them to like, you know, almost like a chase movie where right. That's what I'm they got to go yeah. to action kind of thing. Yeah. Like they, like somebody's chasing them down as they're like, mm-hmm. almost like some Lovecraftian thing, like where they're just spreading, um, you know, sowing like chaos and whatever across right. the land. Right. Here's um the Exorcist in Amarillo from <laughs> 2020, mm. based on the true story of Ashley Hayes Wright. She sounds like a serial killer. <laughs> in the Texas town of Amarillo, her family will unknowingly open the door to evil that will change their lives forever. The family will have to call upon God to help them remove the demons from the house. So they're not even like calling an exorcist; they're just doing it themselves. This is like a DIY exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I mean that's what that made that one movie. I I can never remember the title of it. We never can, but um, maybe you do now. But one that was on Shutter, um, about the the fake Exorcist guy that did. Oh yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, did the like the television exorcisms, then is in a position where he has to actually like perform an exorcism and um. Yeah, that movie's um like that DIY enjoyable. element of like you know almost like calling on the things that like he thinks is supposed to work like that kind of made that interesting yeah um, I, I did enjoy that all right um uh, so i did not watch it but i did look to see on netflix the movie that i have had on there the longest that i have not watched is in a valley of violence oh why didn't you ever watch it i don't know I just every time i want to go hit play it was like eh yeah, that's it. I don't that's know what to tell you. Excuse. I really enjoyed I that movie. Could just never hit play on it. I um, didn't really enjoy that movie, but I enjoyed it enough. Right. If that makes sense. 
Sure. Yeah, it was just, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was. <clears throat> just never watched I get it. you. I understand. All right. So let's go ahead and spin this wheel. Let's see what we get for next one. I forgot we hadn't done it yet. We're still technically talking about possession. All right. Let's see. Category for next week is Ninjas Attack 9, Ernest Borgnine. I have to find a ninja movie with Ernest Borgnine in it? Okay, so let me give you a little backstory. So, yes, that is, it's actually the idea is you had to find a movie with someone like, my idea was when I was going to like say this, it's it's the only thing I could rhyme with nine um, at the time that I was making these categories. What'd you Um, give it, like 10 seconds of thought? There's a million words that rhyme with nine. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, And Ninjas Attack 9, Red Red Wine. Ninjas Attack 9, Serpentine. So, I told you how I, like, make these categories, Frank. Um, leave me alone. Um, you get drunk and think about things that'll cause me grief. So, I, my idea was, well, that's ridiculous. There's no ninja movies with Ernest Borgnine. And... I was like, so the idea was it's somebody of that caliber, like, you know, like somebody that would be a ridiculous to be in a ninja movie. And then after a couple of months, I started thinking, what if Ernest Borgnine is in a ninja movie? And there's one. There's one. What if I've already seen it? It ruins your fucking. Oh, seen this friend. <clears throat> um, you don't know what I haven't haven't seen. Give me a relative year, because Ernest Borgnine acted for a really long fucking time. Sometime in the 80s? Uh, it is called Laser Mission in 1989. It probably has like an alternate title, too, because they all fucking do. But yeah, Laser Soldier Mission. of Fortune. Um, that's it. That's the only ninja movie that Ernest Borgnine has been in. It's on Tubi. Or not to be, sorry, YouTube. Um, or it was. Uh, I, don't, I don't see any ninjas in this movie. Why do you think there's ninjas in it? Hold on, is that it? I'm pretty sure it's... I, I mean, Brandon Lee's wearing a tuxedo. There is somebody karate kicking someone else, but, I mean, plenty of people know karate. Well, you continue to do research and see if this you think this meets your standards for a ninja movie or not. Um, otherwise, it needs to be someone of an Ernest Borgnine. That was the original intent. It was going to be someone of an Ernest Borgnine caliber. So it's like something stupid like um, uh, like Thurston Howe, like that actor, like being in some kind of ninja movie. Like it was like some old wino or something that helps him out. So that's all you got to do is find some like basically like 50s or 60s actor that ends up somehow in 
like probably like an 80s like ninja movie i'm sure that is a common trope i will say i mean it is it is brandon lee in laser mission yeah i know i'm probably just gonna watch it anyway i can um I could just watch a Cameron Mitchell movie. He's in a bunch of movies with ninjas in it. Who's that? Cameron Mitchell. Um, he's a guy that's kind of like just sort of omnipresent in seventies and eighties, like B movies. Okay. Like he would do anything, and I feel like I've seen stuff with him. Probably, like I like wrote his name down for the podcast, even. Yeah, I don't really, I try not to go to him much because the red letter media people like are super on to Cameron Mitchell. Mm. Um, and there's, oh, yeah, enough, he's in the toolbox murders. Yeah, 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 he's in everything. There's, okay. um, there's enough shit that doesn't have Cameron Mitchell that I don't need to like feel like I'm biting off somebody else's. Um, gotcha. Yeah. You know, a movie was good that we talked about once and then never talked about again, and I never think about it. What? Elizabeth Harvest. Elizabeth with Cillian Murphy about the guy who's a scientist that keeps like recreating his dead ex-wife in as clones and trying to like correct like the thing that made her hate him then he then like when he like fails he kills the clone and then makes a new clone but the one clone like gains uh, like sentience yeah. Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, I forgot all about that. I really it's enjoyed that. It's not Cillian Murphy in it, though. It's um, Who is it? It's, it's the guy from like Rome um, that played... Was it Nero or something? No, not Nero. What the fuck? No, you're right. It was... It's um, the other one. Whatever. Um, yeah, you're right. He, he it's does... Syrian Hines. Syrian, Syrian Hines. Hines. Right, yeah. same thing. <laughs> Fucking weird-ass Irish names. Fuck them. Right. That was Syrian Hines also in that um Yeah, the really Eclipse ghost movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good movie. Yeah. Underrated dude. Um He is. Yeah, I forgot all about that movie where he keeps killing her. Yeah, that is a good movie. All right. So next week. Somehow Paramount Plus has like scored the best lineup of fucking like movies. They got all the A24 shit. They've got like all the Mission Impossibles, all the Indiana Jones, all the Scream movies. All right. Well, I mean, Paramount owns all that shit. That's right? a pretty, that's a pretty good deal. It is. It will be bloodish. Watch that again. It is. Plus, now they have everything with that Showtime, like is like curating for right. like their channel, right? So. That's the A24 um, shit. Sure. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty good deal. I mean, like, uh, we should, at some point, we should, like, have, like, conversation about that, like, all that um, with streaming, I think. But, like, of where, where we've gotten to, because the last time we talked about it was a couple years ago, I think um more in depth but uh things even two years or so like changed radically in terms of amalgamation and of services and like where all that's heading and stuff like that and um i think i always think that stuff's really interesting because it's 
it's eventually we're going to end up with like three winners, right? And it's going to be add-ons to services, I think. Yeah. Um, that's what Sling. That's what Sling has going for him, I think. That I can pick and choose my combination of television channels. Sure. And yeah. It's just all wrestling. Listen um, to this. Listen okay. to this lineup of five movies on Paramount Plus. Ready? Okay. This is in a row under right. popular movies. So I mean, this sure. isn't in like one category. 2020 Sonic the Hedgehog. 2020's 1917. 1995's Congo. 1984's Beverly Hills Cop. 1970's Five Easy Pieces. Okay, That's rank rank those movies for me. Worst to best. Uh, sure i've never seen 1917 yeah i haven't that's one of those ones i can never i still have never hit it's the only one i says maybe i haven't seen um i'm gonna put 1917 as fifth then because i don't know it although right. i'm sure it's better than congo? congo like it has to be gotta be how is it not um i'd say congo sonic 1917 beverly hills cop five easy pieces Right. That's not really fair because Five Easy Pieces is one of my favorite movies of the seventies. Sure. sure, I think that's like the kickoff of the seventies in a lot of ways. Is that movie mm-hmm. like the idea that the artist can just be a cad and a piece of shit, basically? Great movie. Um, yeah, very. I don't know if it can be called underrated, but I don't know that it's appreciated as much as it should be. It's not. I mean, it's got. On him, did it's seven point four rating, which is ridiculous. Um, Fucking drill bit Taylor. What's 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 wrong? Uh, I've never seen that movie. Um, is it is it Owen Wilson's Broken Nose? You have a problem? That's the name of my uh, indie rock band. <laughs> Uh, we play shoe games. I'm trying to and have trying to do. I remember, I, man. I'm probably combining like Major Pain and Drill Bit Taylor, um, as a as a cover. I am, yeah. Okay, he's surfing on the cover. Drill Bit Taylor. Is that the cover that you get on the streaming service? Is he like? Hold on, I gotta go in, back. In like fatigues and like surf like. Like, Dude, I'm, like I'm fucking 47 movies past that point already. Can you imagine? He's in fatigues and he's making hand motions like he's surfing, but I can't yes. see it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's starting, making hand motion. Yeah. starting with Drillbit Taylor, here's the five, ready? Okay. Drillbit Taylor, Star Trek Into Darkness, Boogie Nights Collateral, and Daddy's Home 2. I'm going to make you do something that you don't want to do. What Rank those movies for me. What's the second best movie out of these five? Well, I mean, I've seen Daddy's Home 1, and I know what it's all about. Let's just assume that you've seen Daddy's Home 2. I think yeah. it's a safe assumption. What's the second best movie out of these Second five? best movie? Yeah. I know what the first best movie is. It's collateral, I would say. Yeah, of course. Um... I do enjoy those Star Trek movies as much as I dislike Star Trek. Yeah. 
They do. In the, in the darkness is the Cumberbatch. The con. Yeah. con one. Yeah. Like the worst kept secret in Hollywood back then. Pain and Gain is on here. I actually think that's a pretty good movie. What? Oh, Pain and Gain. Oh, the the Dwayne movie. Yeah. No, Dwayne Johnson. Is, he's actually and Kevin Hart. No, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, that's not the one I think. There's actually one of Dwayne's movies. Maybe that's like Central Intelligence or something. There's actually some, a couple of funny things in with those two. That's probably what it is. Oh, yeah, I remember this one. I've only seen bits and pieces of it. Right. You thought that was good? Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it had a really, it was a really good dark comedy, in my opinion. I think there's not enough, like, really good dark comedies, but it definitely was that one. Okay. Last Boy Scout? I don't see, I don't know what any of these movies are. You like Last Boy Scout, right? I did. I do. Ghost Story is here. What's that? That's like Casey Affleck, Rooney Mara, like, Guy can't oh, yeah, I can't watch it. Yeah, I can't watch it. Why? Oh, something about it. Don't like. Don't don't like the cover. Don't like the description that I read. Oh, it's um, it's a good movie. Yeah, everybody says that. Uh, I've seen people say it on. Um, you say it. I've heard like you know different reviews that I've read like say it. People on TikTok saying that's good. I think um, it make you really uncomfortable. And and it's crazy too because it's only like ninety minutes and it's like still can't do it. Something about that damn cover. I'm just like yeah. Um. People that search for a ghost story also search for uncred gems, the Green Knight, <clears throat> and ghost, true, and Pete's Dragon, and mm. this thing. How bad they fuck up that search. Right. Um, all right. So I've done that category you, that is needed. Yeah. What? You didn't ask me about my subway adventures. Oh, did you get subway this week? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. What'd you get? I got their meatball sub. Mm-hmm. Fucking delicious. Yeah. Yes. What made it so good compared to other meatballs? The meatballs were really flavorful and they weren't like sweet or overly like garlicky. Like they just had like a good like flavor. The marinara sauce was surprisingly like, you know, again, like restrained and tasty. The bread was like perfectly toasted. I got um, salt, pepper, oregano, and extra Parmesan. Fucking delicious. When was the last time you had a meatball sandwich from somewhere else? I get I whenever I go to a place for the first time, I will always within the first couple of times I go there get a meatball sandwich. Okay. So I've had a Mario's pizza meatball sandwich recently. I've had a Pat's meatball sandwich recently. I had a Bella's meatball sandwich in the past couple of months. Okay. Um uh, there's somewhere yeah, else that I went. You got a lock on these meatball sandwiches in this area. Because okay, so here's the thing. Like I really think that I really think you can judge like the quality of an a, a restaurant that pretends to be like an Italian restaurant by the you know by their meatball sandwich. 
Are they homemade meatballs? Can you tell they're like just frozen meatballs? It makes sense. Like obviously Subway's not using some homemade meatballs, but the recipe that they use of the wherever they buy from is pretty good. All right, so is it comparable to any of like the mom and pops? Mm, I felt like it was similar to Mario's, which speaks I think highly for it. Okay. Um, I thought Mario's was a little better. Like I like their meatballs a little more. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that they're actually like made by the people that that work there, right? Um, I'll tell you, one of the saddest things ever is um, the death of a uh, Nutter's Family Market up on two seventy three, because mm-hmm. uh, that is the best meatball sub, the second best meatball sub I've ever had. Oh shit! The first oh, best meatball man. sub is from this restaurant down in um. Oh, shit, I guess it's in like Joppa, maybe, or it's down that way somewhere, like near White Marsh. I can't, I don't even remember what it's called. One of the people from work will stop there sometimes and bring it to me. But they take like a like a loaf of Italian like bread, like actual like you know like baked Italian bread, and they hollow out the middle, and then they put meatballs inside it and stuff provolone on top of it, and then they bake that shit. Okay. And their meatballs. Yeah, now that you like, mentioned it, yeah, I remember you telling me about this before. So and good. Yeah, that does that is very that's a good good technique. All right, so Subway um tied for best meatball sub in the area that I have tried myself. That you have tried, right? Because I'm yes. actually thinking that Sunny's um deli up in Elkton probably has a pretty banging meatball sub. Right, but for the time being. Subway's tied for number one. Let me tell you another thing that I recently that was fucking amazing. Not to like branch off into like, you know, I don't know, rando food chat, but Mario Mario's Italian special cold cut is Mm -hmm. probably the best Italian sub in this area. It was really good. I I don't know. Like uh, I had one like two months ago, the first sub that I've eaten in ten years. Um, and because of like the lactose issues, right. and uh, it was very, very good. I mean, I mean you're, you're I, allowed I, to get I'm, subs without cheese. I want to point yeah, that out. Yeah, fuck that. Um, but yeah, it was really good. Now I'm, I'm glad to hear that it was good because uh, I could be skewed. I mean, like anything's. So what did what did you good to. what did you get on it? Um. I don't know. It was just the normal shit. I don't. I don't like fuck around with like uh, anything like different than like what normally comes on. Well, what's on? What's on a normal sub? I don't know. Whatever they put what, on it. What? What? what, what whatever the liquor store put on it when I was a kid in Big Oak Mall. So lettuce, tomato, raw onion, yes, oil and vinegar, raw, salt, yes. pepper, oregano, salt, pepper, oregano. Right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's bullshit. So. The, this is what you get in an Italian sub. It honestly, if you can trust the place, you get tomato. But most places don't have good tomatoes, so tomato is optional. You get salt, pepper, oregano, raw onions, oil and vinegar, light mayo, crushed red hot peppers. That's a good Italian sub. Okay. Um, Ryan and I uh, were talking about tomatoes. Because when we were out this weekend, I got a uh, salmon BLT. Uh, yeah. And, but 
I was worried about the tomatoes because I'm always worried about the tomatoes and I'm worried about tomato, a ratio of tomato thickness and sogginess. And I think it's like a delicate balance because usually the thicker they are, it tends to be like the less soggy they end up being a lot of times um, to me, like to where it's like they're so kind of like wet and soggy that it like makes me kind of sick to like eat. But then if they're too thick, I don't like the texture. So it's like, I'm gonna have to start like carrying like a, a ruler with me and like start measuring like the tomatoes. You're ridiculous. Can, can, I, can, can I ask you a question? What's that? How is it that you have like the worst taste in food? It's just like the thing that no one else would, I, that like my mom would get if she went to a mm-hmm. restaurant. You're my mom. What, what, what was the thing that I got when we were in PA that you criticized? There were several things. You got the fucking Waldorf. Oh, the Waldorf. Yes, yeah. That's, that's like yeah. like the other sixty year olds right. like, at the restaurant yeah. with you. Right. I'm gonna. Go I to like ne- I like a good Waldorf. Ne- ne- next week, I'm gonna go to Pier One and get a chicken salad sandwich. There's nothing wrong with a chicken salad sandwich. It's just not the thing you get when you go out somewhere. A chicken salad sandwich is a thing that you make when you don't feel like doing anything else and it's just like there. Right. You got some celery left over or something and some like baked chicken or whatever that you didn't finish eating. You just like chop that shit up and mix it together and make yourself some chicken salad. I don't know, man. It's like the salmon BLT. We actually, you know, it's funny. I've had it before. It's fine. I've, um, are you saying you ordered this? That's this thing that is like should never be ordered. You've ordered it and ate it before. That's how that I know how it? basic it is. I'm pretty sure you've gotten it there before too. I have never gotten it there before. Hmm. When I was like, when I had the ridiculous juxtaposition in my head that I was going to be healthier but still go drink 14 Jack and Cokes every Saturday right. at the bar. Right. I got a I got a salmon BLT because gotcha. I pretended like somehow I was like sure beating the system. In reality, I was just <laughs> like having less in my stomach to like soak up the booze. Sure. Now measure it out. What about salmon BLT and three Jack and Diets? Did I gain the system? I think no. I you didn't gain the system. I you wasted fifteen dollars. What? No, like I, 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 I got There's plenty over, of other. I got over good on that trip. All right. And no, if you I'm didn't. trying to like watch it, right? Oh, come on. I got over good, and um, you know, I'll just die from the from the aspartame, like you know that I like keep like pouring into me from all the diet stuff. Cancer. Aspartame. Number one, I don't think there's proof that aspartame causes cancer. Maybe uh, there is. I don't know. Yeah, I think I looked it up. Um, <clears throat> I feel like that's the like the idea that MSG causes cancer. Well, everything we're eating, like that, like has any and drinking that has any kind of like processed shit in it, like probably like leads to cancer to some and like some stuff. Yeah. That's why all I drink is water, baby. <laughs> right. I mean, what is that, Deer Park or something? Of course it's Deer Park. Yeah, you know what that bottle you know what that bottle could be doing to you? I don't care. I ain't drinking no plebe water. 
It'd be well, worse. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, all the, like, you're drinking bottled water. It's like, you know what that bottle will be doing? Um, you don't know. Not as much as your fucking Diet Coke. I drank a Diet Coke for lunch today. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It was delicious, too. All right. So, anyway, keep <laughs> Subway technically best sub, meatball sub in, in, in the county. Yes. Technically. Okay. So keep listening, Subway. Um keep listening to anybody. If you gotten this far, you're a fucking trooper. <laughs> All right. So next week I uh yes, Ninja's Tag Nine, Ernest Borg Nine. Um oh. for next week. Oh, I gotta go put that movie. What is it? Laser mission? Laser yes. I swear I've seen that. Maybe you have. But and nothing looks familiar. Why did you just I mean, no this is all i'm watching okay i ain't watching no fucking no maybe i will watch something else it just has to be if that that doesn't work out it just the initial intent was anything with some dude like that ernest borgnine all right Uh, all right thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next week